0: Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach. So today we're going to explore a new series entitled The Marriage Partnership, Stronger Together. It seems like 2020 has made two things very clear. Uh, If your home life and relationships have cracks in it, the stress only made those cracks bigger. (laughs) And if you had a strong home, you became so grateful for the safe haven and the people in it. Luckily, Mm. I'm in number two and um, I've been redecorating my house. (laughs) That's another (laughs) issue for another day. So Heather, what has 2020 revealed to you about your home, your marriage, your family? Um, Let's get started. And you've also been doing some marriage counseling too. That's been a new,
1: um,
0: a new avenue that you've been pursuing. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. And I'll, it's marriage coaching. The only reason I say coaching. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so I'll start there and then I'll share a little bit of my personal uh, life, but the marriage coaching, I stumbled more into that because I started seeing that this was a need and it comes more from the premise of, working initially on yourselves first independently and then coming to the table together. And oftentimes we do marriage counseling, which is great. And I love it. And I've, we have our own, we've had our own marriage counselors. Um, we show up in the office, sit on the couch together and talk through things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching is a little different marriage coaching from the way I do it. And it's just the way I define it. There's no right or wrong way, but it's the way I see that it works for me. And it's what it's worked in our own marriages. Uh, supporting the independent journey so they can bring a better sense of self back to the marriage. Hmm. Typically, when people are in the place where they need marriage counseling or marriage coaching, they're so exhausted, right? They've been having the same fights. They're tired of bad habits. They don't know how to change it. They want more, but they don't know how to get there. There's this, what I call the, um, the repetitive circle where they just keep saying the same things over and over and they can feel it they're looking for, and and then they get to the point where they're they're just too tired, where they don't even want to keep trying. They're looking for new ways. They just don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. What I like to do is separate each of them out and say, let me work with each of you individually, independently. Now let me bring you both to the table so that we can build that bridge. And that has been so effective for me personally after 27 years of marriage and me being a very independent, strong individual, and also marrying a very <clears throat> independent, strong individual. <clears throat> Learning how to kind of sort ourselves out first. What is going on? What am I feeling? What am I tired of? Where am I trying to grow? Where am I trying to reinvent myself? What a, What is it that I want different in the marriage? What is it that I want different in my life? How much is it about me? How much is it about him? Mm-hmm. These are questions that help me get organized more internally so that I could bring a better sense of clarity to the marriage conversation. So that's a lot of the approach that I like to take when I do marriage coaching. I, I like to help um, each of them understand themselves better, where they're tired and where they're wanting more, then put words to that and bring that to the conversation.
0: That's so good. I mean, we can just stop right here (laughs) because I'm thinking of the arguments I have with my husband and it's the same arguments over, like he said, same, and it's like, well, then why is he doing this? And why isn't his behavior changing? And you're getting to the core of that instead of just, Mm -hmm. you know, me as a wife nagging, saying, why do you come home and do this every day? So. That's yeah. amazing. Okay. Well, thank you. That's all the time. We- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <It's> in there. <laughs> that was the price of admission, right there. That was worth it. <laughs> so, um, so what has 2020 re- re- revealed to you about your personal life, with your home and your marriage and your family?
1: Well, sure. Yeah, it's a little bit along the same lines. Yeah. Um, it gave me this opportunity to go a little, to get a little more clarity with myself and say, where am I? Where am I in my own life? Where am I in my personal relationships? Where am I in my marriage? And then I think what's interesting is we all got all of a sudden just sucked home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband was a huge uh, traveler. He has his own company. And I didn't realize it kind of gave us a little bit of buffering space. So when we could feel a little bit of that tension rising, I would go, uh, we're good. He's leaving tomorrow and he'll be gone for <laughs> a couple days on a business trip. And I think that I want to say that, yes, it was uncomfortable to start dealing with some bad habits that we had created because of his travels. And then when he was home full time, on my worst of days, it was like, oh, I can't believe this. On my best of days, it was, I am being given an opportunity to do this better. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to act like I was always thinking, this is me rising strong and being a better wife and understanding the marriage better. It wasn't always there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was days where I'm like, why can't we get back to our normal schedule with him traveling? Because it created a natural buffer there and we get along great. We have a great friendship. We have a strong marriage. But again, I want to remind you that we're two very strong leaders, independent individuals. And so being forced to bring our companies all back into the home together 24 seven and then two teenagers all the natural boundaries that were in place from school to work just completely dissipated overnight. So we were forced to do life a very different way. And I'm so grateful for the people I live with because all four of us are committed to get to doing it the best we possibly can. And so I had really great conversations with my husband. I had great conversations with my son who's 16, great conversations with my daughter who's 18. And I just said, how can we do this better since we're kind of living with each other the whole time and we've all got sent home? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like we're all in time out for the year, and how do we embrace this in a way to get to know each other better? But we had to talk about it. We had to say, we're not used to this, and I think things that floated by we we didn't deal with because we knew,, eh, we're just going back to school Oh, we're just going back to work. so in a couple ways, it allowed us to step into some spaces where we, there's probably some overdue conversations Mm -hmm. and to develop new habits. And i you 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 can't avoid it when you're living with each other 24 seven. So I just thought, you know, I might as well space this. I might as well step into it. Nothing huge, but just little bad habits of things that might annoy one another. And how do we talk about it to not let it keep annoying us, but to understand and then message Hey, this is where it would be really helpful if we changed or I have an idea that will make this better Or i'm realizing this has been bugging me and it doesn't need to I want to let it go You know, these were all I was forced to deal with that And i'm so grateful that I was was it uncomfortable at times? Yes. Did I resent it at times? Yes But did I also feel grateful for the opportunity? Oh, most certainly most certainly And now on the other side of it, I feel like there is a deeper love in our marriage after 27 years. And I think that 2020 was a gift for us Mm -hmm. to get to know each other better in a way. And I choose to see it that way. And I know he does as well. But did we have to have hard conversations? Oh yeah. Did we have some meltdowns? Oh yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we were trying to talk about things that we hadn't really grappled with before. And now we were forced to deal with it.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the hard thing too, about 2020 and now going into 2021 is like, It's so long. (laughs) Who would have thought we would have been in this space for longer than like two weeks? My husband is a nurse at the county hospital in the COVID ward. Oh, wow. And he, yeah, and it's hard. He Mm -hmm. comes home and he flops on the bed and he takes a nap for an hour. And it's hard because in the beginning, I'm like, poor baby, it's so stressful. But now we're in 12 (laughs) months almost. And I still say, poor baby, I know you need that. But then on the other hand, I'm like, Sucker, get up. I'm still working full time from home. I'm taking care of the kids. I'm making dinner. I'm tired too. (laughs) And so it's wearing us down. And so this series is coming at the perfect time for us because it's a long time to be under stress. And so we need tools to learn how
1: to deal with all of this stress. Yeah. And I think we just need to have conversations about creating some boundaries that were naturally in place before that we don't, we no longer have, you know, lose the loss of routine, uh, the moving in and out of work and school and all these different things. It just, it's thrown everybody for a loop. And one of the things, even like I've had to say is, okay, here's the hours where I'm coaching. So here's where it needs to be quiet. Here's where I need help with this. Um, and my kids have said, here's where I need help. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm facing. My husband's had to say, yeah, I'm running a company in my upstairs office that I used to be out on the road running. We all had to come to the table and share our challenges and then tell each other what we need in order to be successful in our individual worlds. And I'm proud of our family. Uh, I'm even proud of our two dogs. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> We had to get them under control and say, okay, you're no longer allowed in the house because you're going nuts when I'm trying to talk on the phone because everybody's here and you're all excitable. Things like that. You just, you start recognizing all these natural boundaries were there and they're not there anymore. Mm -hmm. So if we can just start gently recognizing how hard this is on each of us, talk about that and then talk about what we need. It's a, it's this form of relief, even a saying that I can feel myself just wanting to exhale (laughs) because I can feel the relief coming over me going, how long do you hold it inside? Try and just make do, try and push through, not communicate that you're frustrated about everything from people leaving dishes around to being noisy to get in your space when you're trying to do something that they usually they're at school or traveling. All of these things we just had to learn to say very graciously. I think I need some alone time. I think I need some privacy. I think uh, this is hard for me when I keep walking in the kitchen's a mess These are things that we've kind of had to learn to say out loud and recognize that we didn't have to say it before.
0: Mm -hmm. And so this is a pretty deep topic. So let's get to something fun. Let's hear your love story. (laughs) So let's hear about how you met Darren and what made him stand out from the masses and masses of males who obviously would line up to get your phone number. What made him stand out from the crowd?
1: (laughs) Well, Darren and I met when we were 18 and 19. So it is a young love story. And he caught my eye in biology class my freshman year, uh, the university I was at. Immediately when I walked in, I can still picture what he's wearing. He was wearing an Oxford and khaki pants and these <laughs> ass loafers. And I thought, doesn't he look cute? Oh. So I think as my young self immediately caught caught my eye, what was interesting is over the course of the four years at the university, we, had, we went our different separate ways. We really did not connect until three months before we graduated. Mm-hmm. And we found each other again at a party. And I remember he kept shelling peanuts for me. Isn't that the funniest thing? <laughs> But I thought, this guy is so cute, so gentlemanly, and he wanted to keep shelling these peanuts for me at the party. And I just thought that was just such a kind, caretaking thing and very generous. And he knew how to pursue a woman. And I remember thinking, wow, I have dated a lot of boys, but this is a man. He Mm. was back from serving in the military. I loved that. I loved that he'd served our country and from the Navy Reserve. And so there was just a lot of neat things about him and his character that I thought I want to get to know him more. And uh, we then ended up working at a summer camp over the summer, and we jokingly call it the summer of love. Because <laughs> he was the guy's high school dean, I was the girl's high school dean, and we were having to do rounds every night really late to like midnight. And then we'd always meet on our cabin porch and have uh, cereal together. because I don't know, we were really into cereal then. <laughs> that's when we could handle it, all the carbs, right? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'd, we'd meet on the porch around midnight and have our cereal together and chat and talk. And I think that's when I we just developed such a deep friendship. I wanted a best friend to marry and he was Mm -hmm. looking for a best friend to marry. And I think that's where we found each other. And I will say out of that friendship, especially as our young self, we got married then uh, about a month or about a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we were about 23 when we were married. And I think being married for 27 years, there are times when, A lot of these marriages don't last that we're very young. So I would say what what made us last really was this deep friendship. Mm -hmm. We were each other's best friend, and we remembered that friendship over the hard times, through kids, through loss, through career changes, through identity shifts, all of these things that can really rock your world from 23 years old to 50 years old, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and to still not just love each other, but to like each other. I would say it started from such a deep friendship and a deep respect for each other. And throughout that time, too, we involved some really great counselors just saying, hey, we're both strong. We both have these visions and dreams for our lives, and neither of us want to give it up. Help us figure out how to build a bridge to one another. So we learned a lot of great tools along the way to become stronger together as a couple and as a friendship. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so what expectations did you have of marriage before you went into it? And what example of marriage did you see growing up? How does that impact our marriage?
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't think I knew what to expect from marriage that young. I think I just thought, we'll never fight. <laughs> we'll always be in love. Yep. <laughs> and he's so dang funny, he'll always make me laugh. So it was very innocent, very naive. And I kept kind of snickering at everyone going, marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. Honestly, I felt like it, we had a lot of fun. I likened it our first several years to felt like Disneyland, felt like a big slumber party all the time. We just had a blast. We waited 10 years before we had kids. Um, Darren is very funny, very engaging, very smart. <laughs> so he was always, he still makes me laugh. Just saying his name makes me laugh. <laughs> so he had this wicked sense of humor that I always... Uh, He brought to the table that made life fun and enjoyable. And I think that was such a gift to our relationship and our friendship. Uh, What I didn't foresee was all the twists and turns that come with life, the Mm -hmm. disappointments, the hurts, the aches, what it looks like trying to be parents together and hold two careers, what it looks like to uh, have financial struggles, what it looks like to rise above whatever people are pulling on you external family these are all the pressures that come at us right mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i think what was modeled for me was definitely a faithfulness in marriage and a commitment to one another but i think what i wanted to, uh, differently was having a deeper friendship that allowed this 50-50 give and take i didn't i, I grew up in a in a stable beautiful home with beautiful parents But you know, when you kind of look at your parents and say, I love this, this, and this about them, but this is something I want different. And I think what I wanted different was just a deep friendship and an ease where my husband and I could feel the freedom to create the world and the life we wanted without a pressure of how we were supposed to live or should be living. And I think that's what I've gotten to create with him. But man, has it taken work Mm -hmm. and man, has it been worth it. You know, and I think as I try and coach marriages, I want to say, yeah, the 10-year mark is kind of you're growing pains. You're starting to get tired of the old habits, but you don't know how to create new ones. Mm -hmm. You're getting tired of each other, and you're you're tired in life, (laughs) and marriage is weighing on you. What you both need is this opportunity to step step aside and step into your own space and say, here's what's going on with me personally. Here's where I'm growing. Here's where I want something different. Here's what I want to bring back to the table and see what you're thinking about it. Typically, what I found is they both want the same thing. They just have not known how to articulate it or how to get there. And they don't know what their strength is to offer the marriage. My job is to help them get that clarity, confidence, courage independently to bring it back to the marriage, to create a clear, confident, courageous marriage together.
0: Mm -hmm. And you have a young adult daughter. Mm -hmm. What if she came home today and said, mom, I found the love of my life. We want to get married. (laughs) What advice would you give her about finding the right characteristics in a spouse?
1: I've told her attraction, it comes from the internal. I said, there's a lot of cute men out there. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, but I have met some very handsome men. And the moment I start talking to them, the attraction completely goes away either because they're arrogant or they aren't very funny or they just don't seem very deep or intelligent. I said, the attraction comes from how that connection goes. Certainly there's a physical attraction that you want to be aware of. Is he cute? Yes. Check that box. But for the most part, the, uh, the attraction or the cuteness grows as you develop a friendship with that man. And I think that's what I try and help her focus on. Don't have a list of physical characteristics that will only get you in trouble. Have a list of some, some things that are important to you that are your values For me, I really wanted him to to be a good friend with me. I wanted him to treat me as my equal. I wanted to have a friendship. I wanted him to have a faith in God, and I wanted him to be funny. (laughs) Here's the bonuses. If he had blue eyes and he was athletic, that was important to me, and I got it. You know, that's really cool, and I kind of had a couple bonuses out there, but I thought these aren't deal breakers. If he was unathletic and had uh, brown eyes, it would be just as fine, just as equal, I just was always so drawn to those big, beautiful blue eyes and he's got these gorgeous blue eyes. So I knew what I wanted with my own attraction. And I think you get to have some of those, but if everything is based on that, you're, you're going to miss, you're going to miss the good ones that have nothing to do with the physical characteristics and everything to do with the internal. And I think that's what we talk about. And we talk a lot about uh how how a guy might look cute and attractive and we go and I'll hear her talk about that. I said, Awesome, awesome. Get to know him. See what you think. And she'll come back and say, Yeah, he he's great. He's cute inside too. Or he'll she'll come back and say, Oh my goodness, yeah, after one date, I'm realizing the cuteness was just external and I no longer have an attraction. So I'm helping her get a pulse of what she's attracted to that goes beyond the physical characteristics. Cause as we both know the physical characteristics do not last. You know, it's the internal, are they working on themselves? Do they want to grow? Do they care about your growth? Are they intelligent? Are they, are they engaging with you in the world? Are they interested in having a compassion toward the world? These are all things that we talk about to make sure that it's who she wants and it's how she is wanting to join somebody in this world in a life, life partnership.
0: Mm -hmm. And so What are things that you want us to take away from this series? What are some things that we can look forward to in this series?
1: Well, I think marriage gets to be a deep friendship and I'm going to, I'm going to define that two ways. It's a friendship with yourself and it's a friendship with another person. And there is no other relationship that I know of (laughs) that teaches you more about yourself than marriage, if you let it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this with all my fingers pointing back. I am a very strong individual. And there's been times when I have let marriage teach me. And I have other times that I was resistant to marriage teaching me. I didn't care what marriage was trying to teach me. I wanted to do it my way. Uh, And there's been times where he's done both as well. And I think that's at least having that commitment that we want it to teach us. And if it's not, if we're not being good students of one another and of marriage, and if we're not able to get there and learn the lesson, that's when we bring in a counselor. We're just, and sometimes it's just one session, but I will go in with our clear objective and say, this is what we want to accomplish by the end of this conversation. <laughs> if We can't do it in one conversation. We'll, we'll do as many as we need to. We have clear objectives of what we want and how we want to move forward in our marriage. So we use marriage counseling as more preventative health, Mm -hmm. like, uh, taking your vitamins or something. We don't wait till it gets really bad. And that was the one vow we made to one another. Every five years, we'll kind of do a marriage checkup just because we looked around and we realized there's so many broken marriages. There's so many ugly marriages, unhappy ones, bitter ones, resentful ones. And we just looked at each other and said, we want an A plus marriage at 23 years old. We don't know what we're doing and we know it. And we also know we're bringing a lot of baggage to the relationship So I think the smartest thing for us to do is to get some sort of coach in here to mentor us when we need it and, and also to mediate some of the conflicts that we don't seem to know how to get out of. I think letting that be a a common value you have, man, I can't, I can't say that enough. It is, it has helped us so much to continue to live very strong, vibrant lives. I don't feel like he's had to give up a lot for me. I haven't had to give up a lot for him, but Clearly, if we both have very strong visions and dreams for our lives, how to mesh those and create a united front as a, as a team. Yeah, it's challenging. It's very Mm -hmm. challenging. So why not get someone who has some expertise on it and can also give us some insight for how to do it smarter, not harder.
0: I love that you wanted to bring this topic up because we just had the new year. We've talked about our word of the year. And so many times like we're, we want to get in shape. We want to eat better. We want to, we have different goals, but rarely have I heard anyone say, I want to grow closer to my spouse. I want to strengthen my marriage. And yet it's, you know, one of the most important relationships we'll ever have in our lives apart from God and our children. It's our spouse. And we don't take care of this and we don't know how to take care of it. So I think this conversation is
1: going to be so important. Well, I truly believe all of who you are, if you're choosing to say vows to someone, it's the only relationship in our world that you say vows to. You don't say vows Mm -hmm. to your boss. You don't say vows even to your kids. You say vows Mm -hmm. to one other human being and I think if you really want to take those vows seriously, you recognize that this human being is going to be a part of changing you and shaping you, hopefully for the good. And if it's changing for the bad, that's a different conversation. You have mm-hmm. to have a different, uh, different support system to help you mediate that. But choosing a good person to do life with and say, yeah, they really are my top priority. And, you know, as I work with corporations and even executive leaders and leadership teams and everything, I, they know this about me, that I have a very strong value in my marriage. It doesn't mean I've got it all together. It just means I got I, ha, I know where my focus is. And out of that, if that is broken, I believe the other stuff will get broken. And I don't want that. I want everything to flow out of the center of who I am. And the center of who I am starts with me. And it starts with the person right next mm-hmm. to me. And it starts with my family unit. And then out of that flows the health of what I'm able to offer the world. And a lot of times we just try and put either either our personal marriages and our kids all on the same level with our work or mm-hmm. all the different desires and dreams you want to do out of there. And I just would say, when I coach leaders, I just say, yeah, that, that will hurt you if you don't have your your priorities and your values in the right Right space, and I here's how I kind of get their attention. I said, I have never seen anyone on their deathbed say, "If only my resume was better. <laughs> only I'd spent more time in that office." What are they saying at their last breath? If only I'd spent more time with my kids. What am I? What does my spouse or my husband think of me? Or my wife think of me? Did I love them well? Did I? Do my friends feel loved by me? These are the questions we're asking with our last breath. So living with that end in mind helps remind you that out of the relationship that you chose to say vows to out of that, a lot of things get to flow. And if it's not working, it's kind of this idea of, and I tell people this, throw everything at it, all the resources you throw at it, you get in there and you roll up your sleeves and you take care of business. Don't let it keep going on year after year after year thinking that it's just going to get better. First of all, it will never get better. Second of all, That's where I think the marriages are breaking down. We're just saying, if I can just survive it. When did we lower the standards so much? We get to thrive in our marriages. We get to be better, happier, healthier human beings because we're married, not the other way around. Hmm.
0: Well, this is an awesome way to start our series. (laughs) So this was just our intro. And so I'm so excited to further the conversation. Join us next week when we talk about the marriage partnership, The Long View. Because when we get married, most of us just think to the wedding and think everything's going to be happily ever after. So this is going to be so good. Please subscribe to the Heather Penny Podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day, and we can't wait for you to join us next week. Thanks, Heather. You're welcome. Take care, everyone.